We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Obviously, I'm not in my normal studio. We are here at Blue Wire Studios at the Win in Las Vegas. Getting to record here. Kind of fancy. We, we like it quite a bit. But we've got a lot of NBA news to get to. I've got Keith Smith here with me, as always. And we are going to break down everything here for you. Don't forget, make sure you are subscribing right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. And of course... Give us a shout-out over on Apple Podcasts. Leave that review. We certainly appreciate it. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm just jealous, man. That's all. I'm just (laughs) just jealous that I'm sitting here in the home office and you're you're in the fancy digs. But but next time, next time I'll be right there alongside you and and we'll we'll, we'll do this, uh, you know, kind of professional-like, right, for for us. So that'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we've got we've got a ton to get into today, as always, as always around the NBA. There's always a ton of things happening, but I've got my my purple and gold Lakers Nation background up here. So I feel it's only fair that I throw it to, you, to your Celtics. Are you concerned at all about your Celtics and and potentially seeing the Nets in, in the playoffs? Is that does that give you any reason for concern moving ahead? Maybe. Um, I don't know that Boston's going to get up to the two seed or you know, the one seed and it's going to even be an issue. I think, you know, the, just the math starts to tell me it's more likely they end up at three or four. I think it, you, you'd ideally want to get to three. Uh, and then if the Nets are going to be the eight, you'd love them on the other side of the bracket and not have to see them. You know, may, you know I, de- I think there's a lot of Celtics fans who have looked at it and said, man, if you could get Milwaukee in the four seed, Miami in the one seed or mm-hmm. vice versa, and then uh, the Nets in the eight seed, then all of a sudden three of the teams you're most worried about are all on the opposite side of the bracket, and you feel a lot better about that. But as I've said over and over again, you start playing seeding shenanigan games, the basketball gods will punish you. So <laughs> just play it out, see where it is, and then you'll run with whatever your matchups are at that point. We have seen that happen in the past. Uh, as of right now, as we're recording this, the Celtics and the 76ers are tied in terms of games back, both two and a half games back in the Eastern Conference. I do have a bit of bad news, though. The 76ers, for, for you and the Celtics, the 76ers tonight, <laughs> they play my Lakers, and we just got word that LeBron James will be out of action tonight, still dealing with that knee injury. Whenever he travels, it can, can kind of flare up. And so the 76ers are going to be going against the Lakers tonight. No LeBron James. I haven't looked at it, but I have to imagine the 76ers, their, their betting line, I'm sure, went way up. They are, they've got to be a heavy, heavy favorite with no LeBron in the mix. 
Yeah, especially since they didn't play Harden and Embiid last game mm-hmm. uh, out, so they're definitely going to have those two guys in there. And that that makes what could have been a much more difficult game on the road into a game that that's maybe not going to be as challenging. But, yeah, I, I think right now the vast majority of Celtics fans are more focused on the Celtics mm-hmm. and how they're playing and just – Hey, we're gonna whatever the seating lands to, the seating lands to, and we'll we'll figure it out from there. I've not met very many who are overly focused because I think it's just it's so much is in flux around them of it it almost it's it's just so impossible to know. Um it's also kind of a funny aside. I asked some coaches, you know, hey, all things being equal, would do you get anything out of being three or four in knowing your first round matchup? Versus being one or two and having to wait at least a couple extra days. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. That's two days of lost practice time, you know, really focused on an opponent um, that, that you wouldn't have. And then I've had other coaches be like, yeah, maybe a little bit. But when you're playing a team, you know, upwards of seven times over two weeks, you're going to have plenty of that time built in to focus on them anyway. So they're not overly concerned. But I think it's more just of a it's kind of eye of the beholder type of deal. That's a great point that maybe we don't talk about enough. When we talk about the play-in tournament, we talk about the NBA, the revenue they generate from the play-in tournament. We talk about teams maybe being able to get into the playoffs that wouldn't be able to prior. We talk about what it does to the whole tanking situation. But it is a little bit of a negative for those teams that are at the top, right? I mean, you it, it, unintentionally, it's just, there's going to be consequences that you don't necessarily anticipate. But if you're one of the top two seeds, you don't know who you're playing until a little bit after some of the other seeds do. So... Uh, yeah, it's it's a good thing to mention there. Uh, I do want to bring up. Yeah, the, the in that ahead. sorry, but in that the you know the one seed will generally know. Well, not generally, they'll know by Tuesday, right? Because mm-hmm. that first game is played on Tuesday, so they'll know. But then the the two the this two seed will not know who the seven is. Uh, maybe you know till a couple days ahead because they'll know at the end of the week when when the playing tournament wraps up uh, for those two teams. So that that does definitely make it a challenge to to get settled on who you're going to play because you, you got to wait until those games play out. But it's definitely one of those things where, Hey, it is what it is. There's not much that can be done about it. Imagine if you're, if you're the two seed in the East right now, it's the Milwaukee bucks and you have to wait the longest to find out who your opponent is and surprise. It's the, Nets. <laughs> it's the Brooklyn yeah, Nets right. waiting for you. Oof, that would, that would not be an ideal situation for that two seed. Uh, I, you're going to be rooting real hard for the Hawks or the Hornets. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, there was a rumor that came out just the other day from, from our, our buddy, Mark Stein, that the Lakers actually could be connected to Quinn Snyder, who's currently the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Now there are other teams that could be connected to him. The San Antonio Spurs being the other one that was named, but what are your thoughts on, on that, on Quinn Snyder, perhaps landing somewhere else? And then how does that work? You know, contractually, we don't know as much about coaches' contracts as we do about players' contracts. So how do you go about sorting out that situation? Yeah, we're going to get into another coach contract here in just a minute. Yep. But yeah, with Quinn Snyder, it's I, I don't have a real good handle, and I've been trying to figure it out how many years he has left under contract because we, we don't necessarily know what that number is at this point. So I think what's very interesting as you look at this with Quinn Snyder, obviously he'll be in high demand. Uh, you know, as, as Mark Stein mentioned, the Lakers, there's also been a lot of Spurs buzz that he could be the pop replacement. But I think what you have to really kind of zone in on here is 
is Utah going to make a move first? Because that's what has to happen first, right? Is the Jazz have to say, all right, we're, we're, we're doing, we're, we're moving off uh, Quinn Snyder here. And I get, you know, if they flame out early in the playoffs, let's say they lose in the first round, or if it's a non-competitive second round series, they may look at that as the classic, well, we can't fire all the players, so let's change the coach situation and see, you know, if we go somewhere else, because that's a lot of years of pretty good, but never really great for Quinn Snyder and the Jazz. All right. You mentioned there's another coaching uh, rumor out there, or I guess news bit out there. Michael Malone getting an extension with the Denver Nuggets. I mean, this team's been injury plagued all season long. We still don't know whether or not Jamal Murray is going to be back. Michael Porter Jr. Can he return come playoff time? But here they are committing to their coach moving forward. Just as they committed, we talked all about this this year, Keith. They committed a lot of salary to these players. This, you know, Murray and Porter Jr. and Jokic. Uh, they're building around this core group of guys what do you think about sticking with Michael Malone now moving forward too? They're, they're locked in. This is going to be their group from here. Yep. Yeah, I think it's well-earned on Michael Malone's part, and I think the Nuggets are doing the right thing. I think this is not an overreaction to what's happened uh, this year, even last year, when, when Jamal Murray went down late in the season. I think this is a sense of, hey, we're pretty good. Let's. Well, why, why are we going to break up a really good thing here? Let's keep this rolling. You know, whatever comes of this season comes. We're we're not even gonna let this get to the end. Uh, you know, when Michael Malone, we found out he only had one more season left after this on his deal. If they weren't even gonna let it get get to that point of, you know, all right, well, let's see how this last year plays out. Let's just get this done now. Then that takes a lot of the pressure off and everybody can just kind of do their thing the rest of the way. And I think the Nuggets approach is whatever comes this year comes, and next year we're really set up to be a really good team in the West. Absolutely. They certainly can be. And I still think they're a team that should they get their guys back can make some noise come playoff time. But right now they're only a game up on the Minnesota Timberwolves. They could fall below that play in tournament line. We'll see what happens there. Uh, we've got some bad news out of Chicago. The Bulls pulling back on Lonzo Ball and his rehab. He's not even going to run for 10 days. Yeah. We've, we've talked about how badly this Bulls team needs Lonzo Ball in the mix they got patrick williams back so that that certainly helps but lonzo is a piece that they certainly need and this is not good news moving forward for chicago particularly given how close everything is in the eastern conference right now lonzo ball could make the difference between them advancing or not come playoff time yeah he re really could because they, they feel like they're one perimeter defender short mm -hmm. uh from being a really tough team a lot falls to alex caruso there to have to really carry that load and that's tough for for him so i think what happens ultimately with with uh lonzo is you know all right can, can you get him back but if he's not going to run for 10 days now at the end of march then there's only 10 more days left mm -hmm. and i would say at that point you're talking where we're, we've got a week uh at least if not two of then ramping back up in a basketball activity. And then you're talking about coming back at the start of the playoffs. And that's, that's, that's tough. Uh, at that point, I think if you're the bulls, you're looking at it then as, Hey, we made a long-term investment in this guy. Let's make sure he's right for the start of next season. Or you could take the approach of hey, if we get through the first round, then maybe we work them back in mm -hmm. into the, in the second round and start figuring it out from there. But they've, they've got, good guard depth. I'm not worried about their depth on offense because they've got enough guys who can handle the ball between Io DeSunmu, Kobe White, of course, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, who they run a lot of offense through on the wings. And then Caruso can do you know, uh, quite a bit of running of the offense. It's more that defense that I worry about for them, especially on the perimeter. That's kind of tough. 
Well, and DeMar DeRozan recently called out the team for, for not playing yeah. well. I mean, he's, he's taken on that leadership role of the team. Can that be kind of the catalyst that they need moving forward here? Or is this, without Lonzo, is it just the Bulls' chances are simply not as good? Or is this something where you can, in the aggregate, by getting a couple of guys to step up, maybe make up for that, particularly with, if you've got guys like DeRozan that are speaking up and kind of calling out his teammates? Yeah, I think if you're DeMar DeRozan, what you're looking at is they've been awful for really about two months now. They've mm-hmm. really fallen down in the standings, as, as we talked about before. They're in fifth, but they're they're now two and a half behind both Boston and Philadelphia. That's that's a you know that's a lie. You're starting to say, all right, well, are we going to be able to catch those teams, especially with how well uh, those teams are playing? And then you've got you're looking at the other side of it. They're only two games up on Toronto mm-hmm. for the play-in spot. Oh. So that becomes a whole question that, boy, you know, could they be down in the play-in mix? And we've talked about it. You don't want to be there, especially knowing the Nets are probably lurking uh, down in that playoff spot. And then I, I just, to, to go back to it, the Hawks and the Hornets aren't the teams I really want to see on the other side of the play-in. If, if I'm in that, you know, we lost the 8-9 game and now we're, mm-hmm. we're in that, uh, you know, game against the 9-10 uh, winner because those two teams, the way they shoot the ball, they could beat just about anybody if they have a good night shooting it. Now, those two teams, they could just as easily see them getting blown out by 30 and, mm-hmm. you know, their season being over. But it's – it's if you're the Bulls, I think DeMar DeRozan's kind of going to the – hey, I'm the guy who's actually been here, done that a little bit on this team alongside a little bit of Nikola Vucevic, but for the most part, he's that guy. And I think that's what he's trying to tell these guys. Like, hey, we got to get this figured out because otherwise, you know, we don't. This season may go from really promising to really disappointing very quickly. Absolutely. And this is this is DeRozan's quote. This was after losing to the Bucks. He said, at some point, we've got to get tired of getting our butt kicked like this and flip the switch of understanding, all right, enough is enough. Now it's time to turn it around and show that desperation. Alex, Alex Caruso also echoed those sentiments. And so did Draymond Green. Obviously not talking about the Bulls, but talking about the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Draymond Green said, I think <laughs> we're playing... Less nice yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Draymond, Draymond Green, like, like DeRozan gave you the kind of soft and cuddly version. Dray, or Draymond gave yeah. you, I think we're playing soft. We're playing stupid. We're just not playing good basketball and we're getting punked. It's hard to win a game getting punked, so that's where we are right now. And this is coming off of a loss to the Orlando Magic, who Draymond said, of course he said no disrespect to the Magic, but also called them <laughs> the worst team in the NBA. So what do, let's jump to the a, Warriors. A classic no disrespect, man. <laughs> but <laughs> as I say, something disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you think about where the Warriors are at right now? Obviously, you know, without Steph Curry, where does where do they go from here? I mean, does Draymond light a fire under them? What what happens next? Yeah, he followed it up with saying this isn't a Steph, yeah. you know, thing because he said that's not where they get their physicality. Now, to be fair, this wasn't just him calling everybody else out because he also called himself out and said, like, hey, I, that's what I do. I need to bring that a little bit more. Uh, Steve Kerr, in a much more diplomatic way, said, you know, hey, it's you know, we're we're not playing very smart. We're not. We don't really know how to win. And and I think this is yet another sign that it's really. Draymond, Steph, and Clay. I guess you can mix Andre Iguodala in there from that previous run. Yeah, Kevon Looney, but he's now he wasn't really a big part of that uh, previous iteration of this great team. And a lot of these other guys, they weren't a part of that. They're they're newer to to this since then. So it's he's not wrong. They're now two games behind Memphis for the two seed. So that's 
starting to look like, all right, maybe the Grizzlies are going to snag that two seed. Yeah. And just as importantly, they're only two up on Utah and only three up on Dallas. So that's if they keep playing the way they are, you could see Utah and Dallas pass them. And that would be even as recently as you know three weeks ago, that would have been completely unfathomable that the Warriors were, it didn't even look like they were going to fall to three, never mind down into you know the four or five range. So my guess is they probably figured out just enough and they stick at three. Steph recently said, you know, he's feeling pretty good. He feels like he'll be back for the start of the playoffs. So I think it'll probably be okay. But yeah, that definitely, you know, a challenge for sure for this team. Yeah. I mean, they've been, they've been disappointing the last, well, the recent stretch here. And uh, they certainly weren't expecting disappointment either, which means they can indeed be disappointed. And that, Keith, is my way yeah, of that is my is. way of saying, I finally watched Spider Man. Ah, uh, finally, <laughs> man. Ah, oh, geez, I was waiting so long. I know. I was disappointed that you had it. So yes, it's, it's about time. What'd you think? Oh, it was Let's, we got to divert. Right? It was. It was absolutely so amazing. It was. It Great. was fantastic. I I loved it. I, I watched it on the flight out here. It was. It was. Phenomenal. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I think I'm going to watch it on the flight back too, just because why not? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny. I told my daughter, I said, we got to watch it again before we go mm-hmm. see Dr. Strange. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, we got to go back and rewatch uh, what if, because it seems like that's going to be a big part of Dr. Strange. And I said, maybe we even, you know, mix in the end of WandaVision too, because it, so obviously that's going to uh, be a part of this, uh, you know, also. So we're, we're, we've got some Marvel watching to do for us to get caught up. Uh, the best part, Dr. Strange comes out on, on uh, our daughter's birthday. Oh, perfect. Uh, so she's pretty, pretty psyched. Yeah. It's all, it, all the loose ends, they're all getting tied together. And I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be, going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Keith, that, that means this summer when things get really slow, that Marvel show we've been talking about, that's coming. That's, that's going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah. That's going to happen. 100% coming. No. <laughs> All right, let's get into we've got we've got some more injury news to get into. Uh, it, well, let's let's start with the positive one. Larry Nance Jr. Welcome back, welcome yeah. back, Larry Nance Jr. He's going to be back and uh, and playing tomorrow. So that that's great to see. First and foremost, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, big for the Pelicans to get, get another guy in that rotation that can step in. Uh, they were a little bit short on big depth, so, so that's going to be uh, huge for them as well. Sounds like Brandon Ingram's maybe just around the corner from coming back. So they're 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 doing everything they can to you know catch the Lakers or at least you know make it tough on the Lakers in that playing uh, game and you know see see where they they can go from there. But yeah, it's uh, good news down in New Orleans for sure. And then also in New Orleans, we've got you know a guy who's. 
he's a little bit important. Zion Williamson. Uh, now he's cleared for one-on-one yeah. -on -one work. Now we've heard Shams had just the other day that he's, he's the season's done for him, which is still probably the case. We're so late in the season that unless a guy is really getting ramped up now, it's tough for them to come back. But just it's given me that little glimmer of hope that maybe we see Zion at some point if he's if he's upgraded to one-on-one -on -one work right now. Again, I, I think it's very, very unlikely that we see him play but I can't say with certainty now that he's actually doing one-on-one -on -one play. Yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think what we're looking at from Zion at this point is this is good news that he's doing the one-on-one -on -one and, and we'll, we'll work him up to the, uh, you know, to eventually next will probably be three on three work and then five on five. But what more importantly, this says to me is he should be barring any, you know, re-injury or setback a full go at the start of next season. That's obviously going to be huge for the Pelicans. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and huge for the NBA too. We've talked about this a bunch, but yeah. Ben Simmons, Zion yep. Williamson, these young players in the league, we've seen John Morant shine, a few other young guys, but the league needs these guys out there competing, doing Glad amazing things. You need that stuff moving forward. Um, we've got yep. J Jonathan Isaac. Can Jonathan Isaac catch a break, please, Keith? I know he's there with you in, in, in Orlando, but now he's had a hamstring surgery. He's already dealing with the knee. This guy, he's so intriguing, his skill set, if he can get on the floor. But these injuries, I mean, they've cost him the last two seasons now. So what's, what's the sentiment out there in Orlando regarding Jonathan Isaac now that it's been revealed that he's got another surgery? Yeah, big major concern for sure of, you know, where is this, this going? Now the organization is putting the good face of, you know, full recovery, you'll be mm -hmm. fine, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be good to go. But th this is, you know, very, very, very worrisome. This was a guy who, uh, you know, he's now missed two full seasons worth, or I guess two almost full seasons because last year wasn't a full season, but he's missed two years uh, by the time we see him on the floor again. And the, the, the Twitter doctors, not the Twitter doctors in quotes, <laughs> but the actual doctors right. that are on Twitter said oftentimes when there is a, a knee repair done, they'll take part of the hamstring to, to do that. Now, they didn't obviously know if that's what was done here, but they said that can be a concern. It can cause, cause an issue to, to create those kind of problems. So we don't know exactly what's going on, but it's not good. Now, the Magic said he didn't suffer any kind of setback with the knee when they announced just a week or so ago that he's going to be out for the for the entirety of this season. But then just, you know, yesterday it came out, you know, Hey, he also had a hamstring surgery. And this is not just a hamstring injury where it was, you know, Hey, rest up for you know, a week or two and it'll all be okay. This was an actual surgery on his hamstring. So concerning at this point, I, I got a question of, is he ever going to become what we thought he might be? And that that's really sad. If, if we don't get that out of Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, I mean, really, he's one of those those just classic, super long-limbed players that can do so many different things on the basketball court. Yep. Um, certainly not moving in the right direction there for him. Joe Harris, the Brooklyn Nets, ankle, ankle surgery for him. Uh, we already knew he was going to be out for the season, but now it's, it's confirmed he had ankle surgery and he will not be available until next year. I mean, one of the best shooters in the NBA, and uh, the Brooklyn Nets will not have his services, at least for, for the playoffs this year, and hopefully he'll be back and make a full recovery at the beginning of next season. Yeah, obviously we focused on Kyrie all year. We mm -hmm. focused on James Harden that he didn't play for them. We continue to to 
monitor and watch what will happen with Ben Simmons. And it almost kind of, I think, got forgotten. Definitely not by Nets fans, but by uh, the rest of us that Joe Harris hasn't been there all year. And he's such a key part of, of that because they he was going to fill a role of a guy who he's a lot better defensively than people think. And just his ability to space the, the floor, play without the ball in his hands was going to be so big uh, for that team. It kind of, not, not that it was, you know, hard for them to get Seth Curry in the Harden trade, but it kind of necessitated Seth Curry because they needed that extra off-ball uh, shooter in the lineup. So you do start to wonder, like, next year, you know, you get some lineups with Simmons, Durant, Harris, Curry, and Irving. I mean, then Ben Simmons doesn't even need to shoot the ball. Yeah. I mean, he might not even need to go over half court. He might be able <laughs> to just hang out back there on defense and, you know, uh, or, you know pull, pull the old uh, – you know, go go just stand underneath the rim and tip shots out and everything else like that. That's what I'm looking forward to next year with this group because that I mean that's a lineup where, oh boy, that's going to be tough to deal with for a lot of other teams. Absolutely, the skill sets can really complement each other out of yeah. that that particular grouping. Yeah. All right, we've got a few. Yeah, because uh, you have four fantastic shooters yes. around one non-shooter that more than offsets him not wanting to shoot the ball. Well, and, and beyond that, like we always took fans talk about scheme and and teams running certain plays and things of that nature, then the nice thing that a team like the Nets has is you've got two guys. They used to have three, but they've got two guys where everything breaks down. You can hand the ball to Kevin Durant. You can hand the ball yeah. to Kyrie Irving, <laughs> and you could say, here, go make go make something for us. Go, yeah. go score. And they can do that and do it just as efficiently as most teams when they're running whatever their best set is. That is yeah. a luxury to have, and so that can help mitigate having Ben Simmons out there on the floor and the offensive issues that he might have. Big time. All right, we've got a few relatively minor transactions that we've got to get into before we call it a day here. And the first one I'm going to mention is Darren Collison joining the South Bay Lakers to the G League. Now, he actually had a stint with the Lakers this year. He flirted with coming back from retirement for a few years, and Lakers fans know this all too well. But now he's going to try to work his way back into the league through the G League. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, apparently this is the new path for guys, right? Lance Stevenson. Yep. Uh, uh, um, Tyreek Evans, uh, Nick Stauskas mm -hmm. did this. Isaiah Thomas obviously parlayed that. He did officially sign his uh, uh, rest of the season contract with the Hornets that we talked about in our last show. But yeah, I mean, great to see this from uh, from uh, you know Darren Collison because this tells me this is not just this year, right? Because I think he knows this year's chances of getting getting on a roster now are probably slim to none. Yeah. But he's probably a little bit more serious than, all right, I'm going to try to be with somebody next year. Let me show what I can show the rest of the G League season, then catch a camp invite and catch on with somebody for next year. And, and pulling back, I mean, this is, in terms of the NBA and the structure of the G League, I think this is big that we're starting to see this become, like you said, yep. a more legitimate path. The G League, every single year, it's becoming more and more of a true farm system for the NBA. And that's been been absolutely wonderful to just kind of follow over the the existence of the G League initially, you know, the D League. Uh, now we're seeing them turn into a more more legitimate way to come into the league. So that, I think from the organizational perspective, that's a great thing. I think the two single biggest things we are going to see addressed in the next collective bargaining agreement: number one is going to be at least firming up and confirming the rules around expansion because I think that is coming uh, sooner rather than later, like probably within the next five years. And then I think the other thing is going to be, I'm going to tie them together, but draft reform in G League uh, reform as far as you know, 
tightening up that that association between the teams and those kind of things. Because the other thing that they have now is even if you have Portland and Phoenix or the two holdouts that don't have their own G League team, well, what the NBA could do is say, all right, if you don't really want to operate one, we could tie one of them, probably Phoenix, just because of distance, Mm -hmm. into the Mexico City team, which joined Mm -hmm. on a part-time basis this year. And then Portland, they can tie in with, all right, if we're going to bring in, you know, we can launch another G League team somewhere, you know, and get get them launched and tie Portland in with them. Even if it's not an official, they own them, they run them, but at least link you together some way there and go. But I I think those are going to be the two big things we're going to see addressed here uh, pretty soon. I don't know how much changes with expansion, you know, nomenclature and rules and laws and all those things, but I do think they'll firm that up. And then I think draft reform and G League reform is coming in a big, big way. And I think it's going to make the G League that much more important in the years to come. And we've said for a while now, if the, if the league does expand and we think it's coming, it's going to be two teams. It's not going to be one. And we think it's yeah. going to be most likely Seattle and right here in Las Vegas. Very likely. Yeah, it's they're they're pushing and it it has helped that the hockey team has done so well mm-hmm. and that they have the Raiders uh, doing doing so well there now, too. It makes it easier because there's always the question of. All right. Well, it's it's a tourist town, you know, much like here in Orlando where I am. Is there enough of a local base to support big season ticket holders and the like? And it's proven in you know Orlando, obviously, thirty years with the Magic, but in Las Vegas so with the hockey team and the the uh, the Knights and the Raiders, it's proven. You know, hey, we we can do this. We we can support you know pro sports here, and it seems like the NBA may be the next logical fit. Yeah, I mean, we've seen MLB has been been looking at that as well. Of course, the MLS yep. has been a, been another one. So who knows? Yeah, and you never want to be last, right? Yeah. You don't want to be the last one to the party because then everybody else is like, oh, you know, I'm kind of into these other teams. And then it's like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, basketball is a popular enough sport, especially in Vegas. We see, I mean, there's a reason they host summer league there every year and those kind of things and all that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you're see Keith. Every time somebody says summer league, I start getting, I start getting excited again. I love, I can't wait. I can't wait for summer league. Like three and a half months away. That's right. We're almost there. We're almost there. Um, let's finish off with this. We've got a few transactional things to run down. Such some, some guys, uh, signing two way deals and 10 day deals. And I'll I'll just kick it to you because you, you know, all of these guys better than I do, but running through, uh, three guys that landed on, uh, on some short-term deals here. Yeah. So the first guy we'll do is Jeff Doughton signed with the Orlando magic. On a ten day on a ten day deal, he had been with Orlando in camp, uh, was was cut. Then the Warriors claimed him, converted him to a two way uh, when they needed to then free up a spot for Quindari Weatherspoon. It played really well. Uh, they they ended up doing that to keep him around and cut Doughton. Uh, he joined the Spurs briefly, or I'm sorry, the uh, not the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm sorry was who it was briefly on one of the hardship 10 days, uh, but he'll come up. He's a point guard, good, decent size, you know, hardworking kid, Orlando's, I think going to start to back off on minutes for a couple of their guys here down the stretch. Uh, then the other 10 day Braxton key forward, decent size uh, has played uh, with Philadelphia's system for a little bit. He's going to join the Detroit Pistons. Again, we're starting to see some of these teams that are out of it. They're going to start ramping down minutes on guys. Guys are feeling anything. They're not going to play in games. So that's going to be what he does. And then the Houston Rockets had a two-way spot to fill, and they filled it with Anthony Lamb. Rockets fans know because he was there before. Uh, New England fans who like this, Celtics fans maybe know him because he was a four-year uh, player for the Vermont Catamounts. Uh, he, he's the first Vermonter uh, in in the NBA, um, so that's you know huge, and he's he's you know played pretty well uh, when given a shot. So we'll see you know if Houston get, 
Kim Moore came in here down the stretch as they're you know kind of playing off the string as well. Keith, the depth of your NBA knowledge never ceases to to <laughs> amaze me. That that you're apologizing that you couldn't remember what other team this this guy, the Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> this guy that most people have never heard of, had played for, <laughs> is is hilarious. Then you then you pull that this guy's from Vermont as well, and the only NBA player. That can, I'm learning something all the time here, but <laughs> but hey. This is what I do, man. I know I don't. I yeah, I like Marvel, obviously, but I think you now have the lock on my two hobbies. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, everybody, we appreciate all of you for joining us today. Uh, great stop from Keith Smith. As always, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have more NBA news and notes to go over. Hopefully, everybody's been enjoying the season. It's been an exciting season. We've talked about how there's probably about eight, nine teams right now that you can make a legitimate argument could win the whole thing this year. So that's going to be exciting as we move into the playoffs. And of course, what's going to be a very busy off season as well. So make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications. And then if you're listening to the podcast version of this, give us that rating and review over on Apple podcasts. We love reading those reviews, five-star rating, preferably. We certainly would appreciate it till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.